0: Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. One, two, three, four!
1: People do feel very radically different about gender experience. I mean, that's
2: just like the rules of feminism.
1: That diversity is like the number one thing I think that has to be reckoned with.
0: Agenda with
3: women in the arts.
1: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, your Saturday morning fix of art, politics and trash from a feminist perspective. I'm Katie... Oh no, I'm not Katie Winton. <laughs> I'm Isabel
4: Hawthorne. I'm Katie Winton and Agenda on FBI Radio is broadcast on Gadigal land and we'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation as the original custodians of the land that we're broadcasting on and uh, pay our respects to Elders past and present and also acknowledge the significance of Redfern as a place of strength, resistance, knowledge sharing and storytelling for many communities and like to um, honour that history.
1: Coming up on the show today, in about 30 minutes, we'll be talking to Carolina Della Piedra and Amy Flores Ramirez about their Sangre Migrante project. Um, It's a website for Latinx narratives um, that are shared And where Latina communities are acclaimed In response to the lack of representation of Latinx community in Australia Yeah,
4: I really am looking forward to that interview Uh, We'll also be hearing from Amy about her new zine It's called To the Front uh, Which is featuring the creative works of female identifying and non-binary people of colour Who have an affiliation with Australia in some way So stick around for that chat at 11.30 They're super busy people that have a lot to talk about So that'll be a really nice um, interview
1: Also coming up on Thoughts That Count, we'll be looking at the art of self-publishing and zine making.
4: A uh, friend of Agenda, Nadia Hernandez, will be talking about um, some zines that she's been researching this week and some people who are going to contribute to that conversation. So that'll be really nice too. And we also want to hear from you um, about what zines changed your life. Um, do you self-publish? And if so, what is the name of your zine? So calling all zine makers, uh, text us on 0409 945 945. Maybe tell us a little bit about what you make and why you make it.
1: Yeah, um, and earlier this week, the latest single from Janelle Monet's upcoming album, Dirty Computer came out and it's called Pink and it features Grimes and it's arrives with a music video directed by uh, Emma Westenberg and starring Tessa Thompson, who you probably remember from the recent Thor and Avengers movie. I know my initial reaction to this clip was like, yes, it's happening. The kind of queer reckoning that everyone's been so worried about, it's here. And it's it was I, I was really excited about the clip, and then my immediate reaction after that was you know, genitals don't determine gender and there is a lot of vagina in this video clip. There's a, there's the labia pants, which you've probably seen all over your Instagram feed, and, like, a lot of grapefruits and pink donuts and it's a big ode to vaginas, basically.
4: (laughs) Yeah, even though there's a lot of that imagery, I guess the message isn't as uh, cisgendered centric as it first might appear. Um, So the description of the music video reads, pink is a brash celebration of creation, self-love, sexuality and pussy power. Pink is the colour that unites us all. Pink is the colour found in the deepest and darkest nooks and crannies of humans everywhere. Pink is where the future is born.
1: Yeah, that's um, some pretty good (laughs) Afrofuturism kind of rhetoric there. And I think that I had a bit of like pussy hat deja vu, I think, um, you know, thinking not all vaginas are pink and not all women have vaginas. So it was kind of, I was like, Oh no, it's happening again. And there's going to be a huge backlash to that.
4: Yeah. But I really like the, um, the thing that you sent me this week that kind of was talking about how not all people like dancers in the clip are wearing the pants. Like Mm -hmm. once you look a little bit deeper at it, it's like some of the people that are dancing have the pants on, have the kind of vagina imagery and some of them don't. Um, There was an article that came out on Broadly this week that argues that pink reclaims the white, cis-centric pussy power aesthetic, turning it into something radical and making it more celebratory than exhausting and kind of also centering women of colour and queerness, which is something that was, I guess, lacking from that pussy hat kind of imagery, I guess.
1: Yeah, and I think Janelle Monáe, in a way, took back pink as like not necessarily about the literal colour of your vagina, but the colour of your insides. And she was talking about how, like, everybody's insides are kind of pink. Unless you're, like, very, very unhealthy, (laughs) they should probably, your organs should look relatively pink. And I thought that was weirdly intersectional in a very abstract, maybe apolitical way. Um, Saying, like, all of our insides look the same is kind of nice.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I really liked that. I think it was, a yeah, an interesting um, mm. kind of take on it. And I guess they also more explicitly addressed the fact that black women and girls' sexuality and bodies should be celebrated in the same way that white women's are. And so Tessa Thompson tweeted, to all the black girls that need a monologue that don't have vaginas, I'm listening. So that was also...
1: Yeah, nice little vagina yeah. monologues joke there. And it references the, the play, obviously, um, Eve Ensler's play that premiered in 1996. And it was definitely a moment for white women in particular to have their kind of... Refine or find for the first time their vaginas and talk about it. And it's been kind of played in universities ever since then. So Ensler wrote about the play, it was to celebrate the vagina and then. After a couple of years, the purpose of the play changed to be about like vaginas and femininity um, to stop violence against women, and this started the V-Day movement, which has continued pretty strongly ever since, and it's turned into a worldwide phenomenon. But I think it's really important that like Tessa Thompson used that opportunity to be like, wait, 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 now it's time for it, like you know, women of color in particular and Black women to have their own vagina monologues
4: yeah well i think it just means that the film clip and the song seem pretty self-aware as well um and it also yeah i think reflects the 90s kind of um cis centered feminism that has kind of tended to center the experience of white cisgendered women um yeah i don't know i feel like they kind of they seem to be pretty self-aware
1: mm. and there's also like mazel for Janelle Monet and Tess Thompson for really monetizing their relationships. Like, it's yeah. not just for heterosexual couples anymore. We can all, <laughs> ever, like, you know, queer couples can... Uh, make a buttload of money out of, there. <laughs> yeah. out of people like speculating about whether they're dating or whether they're not dating. But I think the fact that Tessa Thompson's, uh, her head comes out of Janelle Monáe's labia pants is like a pretty strong <laughs> indictment that like maybe they're dating. <laughs>
4: um, so we'll be talking more about zines later on as well uh, with Carolina and Amy um, on Thoughts That Count. And we're asking you what magazines changed your life? 0409 945 945, text us. Or if you're a zine maker, maybe text us as well
1: yeah it could be the first time that you saw yourself reflected in a magazine like often most of the magazines that you might have seen growing up were a very particular kind of woman generally so let us know if you saw yourself reflected in a magazine and how that felt maybe Dolly Doctor explained something pretty important to you that you didn't understand about your own body um, or maybe you made your own zine and that was really interesting. Also, we p- should probably acknowledge that like magazines have a pretty negative effect on a lot of young people growing up and they tend to um, send out questionable messages about body images and gender and things like that. So let us know what you think.
4: Yeah, Nadia did a lot of research into that. So we'll talk to her about that a little bit. Um, right after this track, let's take a listen to Pink by Janelle Monáe. You're tuned into Agenda on FBI Radio 94.5.
0: i
5: Agenda on FBI Radio
1: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio Now it's time for Thoughts That Count Where we ask you what you think about a particular issue And this week we're discussing the importance of publishing for young people And how magazines can open uh, open us up to a lot of new ideas But also particularly magazines that we have in Australia In like 7-Elevens and stuff tend to reinforce patriarchal norms so how do magazines empower or oppress Um, we're also turning our um, gaze towards self-publishing and celebrating the powerful form of self-expression that is kind of zines and self-publishing in general so let us know um, what you think on 0409 945 945 what magazines changed your life
4: Friend of Agenda Nadia Hernandez spoke to three local uh, self-publishers this week about their latest projects and why zine-making is important to them. So on Thoughts That Count today, we'll be hearing from Gabriella Lopresti, Renee Sidney and Carla Urataye. Nadia, you've been reminiscing about your zine-making days this week.
6: Yeah, I have. Um, I've been remembering some of the first zines I ever made, the self-acclaimed dog zine, which consisted of a a fold-out pamphlet, featuring haphazard drawings of imaginary dog breeds, (laughs) uh, followed by the addition of a one cut-out college poetry book titled Girls That I've Loved, which was a sort of love letter to all of my friends when I was 17, Um, as well as a publication I self-published last year as an extension to my last exhibition. So, as a young adult, and to this day, I find self-publishing very empowering. Especially growing up in a very loving but at times a little bit strict Latinx household, making zines, books, and mixtapes were safe spaces, you know, for me, and um, where I could rebel and self-explore. You can totally understand the appeal of um, zines and
1: self-publishing. I remember one of my friends had a nine-year-old cousin who wrote this amazing zine with, like, really scratchy sketches um, of rabbits. And then amazing. they, like, you can get to, like, page nine and then they'll be like, well, you better go back to page three because this other weird thing happened. That you'll only understand <laughs> that. It was, like, the most complex thing I've ever read. But I really liked just, like, sad girl zines as well. And there's, even though we all grew up with the internet, there's something really... Um, beautiful about the physical like physically holding a zine and being even though you never do you kind of think oh maybe I'll respond to this and make my own zine and it's kind of this nice I don't know there's something with a psychic link between you and the um and the, the the publisher of that zine which goes kind of against the other magazines that you read where you're kind of yeah. passively receiving messages and there's no conversation with you they're just like this is how you look beautiful this is what a woman looks like whereas a zine there's a there's even there's the possibility i guess of a, yeah. a response in a conversation
4: i love your love letters to your friends <laughs> <It's> so, <beautiful. laughs> zine so much yeah. i think that's like such a also <laughs> it seems like really important at a time when teenagers seem to be so obsessed with like romantic love um and I, I just love that yeah, kind of totally. like love as a letter of kind of um appreciation to your female friends yeah. in your life. That's yeah. so beautiful.
6: Thank so you. Yeah. Can I please? Yeah. I would yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think you know, zines are so important. They provide um they provide a platform for communities and individuals that are often not represented in the mainstream, as as we've said before. Um, making these voices visible, opening conversations about gender and feminism and like providing self made space for the LGBTQIA plus community and people of color, which is super important.
4: Yeah, totally. And really important I get like what you were saying before is the like to kind of put your own messaging out into the world yeah. and kind of like do something that's a little bit um, or not a little bit, quite a lot different to what you're seeing in the mainstream media and what you're physically picking up and kind of comparing yourself to as well. Like even in the fold out, you know, um, posters that you get in the middle of magazines, you can literally like put an image of a model up on your wall that's like mm. can be quite a tricky thing to deal with as a young person. But you were talking, Nadia, about a quote that you came across this yeah, week so about I, that.
6: Yeah, exactly. So in my readings this week, I came across the this important excerpt about how the sexualization and objectification of women in the media has a range of negative effects. And one to cite a paper authored by Lucretia Monique Ward titled Media and Sexualization, State of Empirical Research 1995 to 2015 that says, Regular and everyday exposure to sexually objectifying portrayals of women are directly associated with a range of consequences, including higher levels of body dissatisfaction, greater self-objectification, greater support of sexist beliefs, and of adversarial sexual beliefs, and greater tolerance of sexual violence toward women. Moreover, experimental exposure to this content leads both women and men to have a diminished view of women's competence, morality, and humanity.
4: Yeah I think there's such a subconscious thing that happens when you're looking at fashion magazines especially growing up like it's so easy to compare yourself to beautiful shiny people Um, and I think this is something for another show but like the culture of retouching is really interesting to me as well Um, so maybe that's something that we can kind of delve into a little bit further at another point. um, Should we take a listen to a song and then hear from some local zine makers? This um, sounds good. (laughs) This is uh, Feels With Research. Listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and we're talking zine culture with artist Nadia Hernandez. Um, I feel like the word zine in itself is a bit DIY. Nadia, what is a zine?
6: Yeah, so um, zines, short for magazine or fanzine, are accessible, often non commercial, small run, handmade booklets or, you know, any kind of put together paper ephemera, uh, made by a single author or a collective of like-minded individuals forged out of a desire and passion to collaborate, to create, and to escape. Zines express your own response and therefore can be the unique voice of the author, freely expressing opinions surrounding anything and everything, so like politics, gender, race, Anything you want. You can put it in a zine, <laughs> talk about it.
1: <laughs> Anything including cookbooks, which I've never seen a cookbook zine before, but um, Renee Sidney, uh, who we're going to hear from now, has recently published Serve Immediately. And we're going to have a listen to uh, Renee Sidney now.
7: Hey, my name's Renee Sydney, and I created a cookbook zine called Serve Immediately, um, which consists of five of my mom's Malaysian recipes. Um, This zine is inspired by my mom um, to showcase my identity um, with others in a way that I think is really important, and especially through the language of food. Um, What I love most about zine culture is the fact that there aren't any boundaries to making one. You don't need to have any prior skills and knowledge in making one. And that um, at zine fairs that becomes a form of payment, you know, trading zines for art and other things brings some sort of life into um, the print world, especially when everything is so digitalized these days. Um, I, so it's also nice to see something physically come to life that you have worked hard on. Um, the tangibility of it makes it exciting, even if you're not a creative Um, So yeah, I think that zines aren't dead and it's fake what they say that, you know, print is as well.
6: You're listening to Agenda with Katie Winton and Isabel Hawthorben.
8: My zine, The Rituals of Place, is a collection of 25 original silver gelatin prints. I made a maquette, taped all the prints to the pages and ran the book through a photocopier. The thought of putting a print which has been carefully crafted into a photocopier which has high contrast, low toner and comes out with streaks is so contradictory. I like that though. It's the antithesis of fine art. It is mass media and yet they both maintain an emphasis on the physical. I admire the production of zines, the difficulties one encounters and how they are overcome. From process comes an aesthetic and can only be born out of budget and problem solving. Each way someone finishes their zine, from cover to binding, how each zine, regardless of whether it is a run of 50, can still be an individual object, one of a kind, differentiating from the other 49 because there is a different sticker or a print, whether something is misspelled in on one and not the other. That contrasting against the potential of zines as mass media, they are accessible both to obtain and to make. They are a craft and a body and a scripture of the people, regardless of means or status. It's all about the object and the final product.
6: You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio, and we've just heard from Renee Sidney and Gabriella Lopresti on their latest publications. I really love both of these scenes. Gabriella's is such a powerful way um, for her to disseminate her photography and her art, and Renee's serve immediately is a beautiful recipe book sharing her mother's Malaysian cuisine. Yeah, I love the fact
4: that, um, a cookbook can be kind of whittled down into five really important recipes in a zine. I mean, yeah. there's something really nice about, um, I guess, the, the kind of small selection that is included in something like a zine. Um, and Nadia, you also discovered that FKA Twigs has a zine.
6: Yeah, she's, um, she's got a zine and she's published it twice. It's um, called Avant Garden. Uh, FKA Twigs calls it a way for me to express myself without any rules or guidelines with imagination and care. And I just want to make a shout out to the life changing Riot Grrrl movement at the start of the 90s where frustrations, alienation and solidarity were expressed through music and fanzines. And also I've realized that the renowned publications that started off as zines like Dazed and Confused, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and all the individual authors and collectives who continue to self-publish, and like Femzine, Sovereign Apocalypse, FFFzine, which is also another magazine about food and fashion, Ozone Exchange, Softies Mags, The Sticky Institute, The Riseria, Collectiva Cosmetica, Mujeristas Collective, and Sydney's own To The Frontzine, which we'll be hearing from later today. Uh, finally, we hear from Sydney artist and writer of feelings, Carla Uriarte on why everyone should get involved in this always raining confetti of self-expression.
2: Thank you for having me. I just wanted to express a couple of, you know, reasons why self-publishing is really cool. It's my favorite way to get my point out into the universe because you don't really need to wait for anyone's stamp of approval. You're the stamp of approval. You say what goes in, what goes out. You say what's on your mind. You can talk about anything. In fact, I I really urge you all to get on that train. Um, My art is really about making people feel less alone and expressing my inner deepest, darkest, sometimes light thoughts. And by doing that and by having my viewers read it, it kind of makes them feel less alone and, and builds this uh, sense of community and understanding and, you know, friendship and all those things. And I think that the reason why self-publishing is so powerful and so strong is because you can just press print and boom, done. Um, So yeah, I really urge everyone to jump on the bandwagon and to be a part of the community and to express yourself because there's such a freeness and a lightness that goes hand in hand with letting everything inside of you outside of you.
6: You're listening to Agenda with Katie Winton and Isabel Hawthorben.
9: Catch finna fast, get it all the money always lasts Piced Sk- up with a mask nah. They'll be fucking with a bag. Nah. Hashtag you a tag. tag They talk to me, now they brag. Bragg. They try to talk but they gag. Sk- Stuff school, so I wag yeah. Never shy but I pass uh. I ain't this, I ain't that. I'ma shut with a swag. All the time's dead with a fact. fact. Here we go, here we go. No, nah. this ain't a lot that I know. They try to hate, but they hook. I got these niggas so shook. Ay, I got these niggas so shook. Ay, I got these niggas shaking so hard, homie. They be shaking like a seizure. Damn, I be the cure for disease. Damn, you be set like a weave. Damn, you be that nigga every time I see you. You claiming that you got the keys. Young shoddy, everybody wanna tell me different stories. I be acting like I'm in the moment, nodding my head, but I'm making different copies. Pull out my receipts when they try to switch up. I'll be the, 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 all this, my homie. Don't worry about any defeat. Don't worry about any defeat yeah. Why you say I shouldn't be on this beat Damn. But I know when you get home Homie, I know you got me a repeat Your girl just told me I'm lit Lee. Your niggas just said I'm the shit Jeez. Homie, you just gotta admit I ain't on that regular shit get it. I'm just trying to get my own, own. I'm just riding in my zone. zone These homies fake like a silicone We all on a different pedestal We all chasing different certain goals I see the world through my wardrobe Now these homies wanna call me now. So powerful, call me Aslan <laughs> All my niggas livin' fast <laughs> Spin cash, catch, spinning Fast. No. all our money always lasts, no. I stop up without masks, they'll be fucking with our bag, Ay. they'll be fucking with our bag, Ay. they'll be fucking with our bag, they'll be fucking with our bag, my words are like candy Get nigga, it. my is just mm, too sweet, got a nigga on his Get birth it. knees, yeah. cause he be dreaming about me, no. Shady said she my friend though, yeah. but she be skimming all the time, Fake ass. manipulating my direction, yeah. trying to waste some niggas time, mm. the clock is ticking nigga flavor flavor, they be talking heaps but I can't relate, ran with pattern on, on a doubt away. Damn in the microwave, Sk- eating cold on my Versace plate. Ka- my teeth are shiny, nigga, cold gate. I don't really care how you operate. It's a thumbs up, nigga. Yeah. You great. These niggas try to compete with an empty body, but I was never in the race. I was never in the lane. I was never in the game. I'm just playing plain simple. simple. Keeping the peace, with the silver. Homies annoy you like a pimple. Controlling niggas like a voodoo spirituality crystal. Spraying homies with a window. Yeah. since they wanna be childish. childish. Less hard is the highest. Yeah. Better than being silent. Amps. Two sides, every side. Alright, but for me it's just one-sided. Killing niggas with kindness, Ayy, I'll be your highness. I'm a niggas living fast, spending cash, spending fast. All the money always lasts. Heist up with a mask. Yeah. They'll be fucking with our bag. They'll be fucking with our bag. They'll be fucking with our bag. Don't They'll be fucking with our bag. Get it? I'm a niggas living fast. Yeah. Spending cash, spending fast. Yeah. All the money always lasts. Nah. Heist up with a mask. Get it? They'll be fucking with our bag. Get it? They'll be fucking with our bag. Don't be fucking with our bag. Hey. They'll be fucking with our bag.
4: Uh, You're listening to Agenda on FBI Radio. We've been talking about the importance of zine making this morning and we're joined now by Carolina de la Pedra and Amy Flores Ramirez to talk about Sangre Migrante Project. Um, Before we get into that though, Amy, you've just started a zine yourself (laughs) called To the Front Zine. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah,
10: so um, like three months ago, I kind of realised that Sydney didn't really have a zine just for people of colour. But more specifically, uh, like, women of colour or people that are non-binary of colour. So I kind of just winged it, created an Instagram. I have absolutely, like, no experience with zine making. Um, But it's been really amazing because Instagram is such a great platform to talk to people and get advice. And everybody that I've reached out to has been absolutely amazing and just have given me so much information and yeah it's been beautiful
4: I think that's the beautiful thing about zine culture though and that's something we've been talking about this morning is the DIY nature of it like it seems like something that you can kind of get involved in regardless of your experience I mean it doesn't require a lot of experience I don't think definitely I'm and I'm slowly starting to learn that um I think when I first in the,
10: in the first week because I have absolutely no experience it was really daunting and I was like oh what am I doing like I don't have like a journalism background but like you said like that is the beauty of zine making you don't need to have that experience and I'm I'm now very much more confident um in knowing that because I'm I'm learning and and it's it's really beautiful to have like a team of people that are also learning and working together
1: Issue one's theme was visibility. Can you talk a little bit about that and the importance of that?
10: Definitely. So, um, I mean, in all the projects that I am involved in, that is pretty much the theme that stands out. Visibility, um, being seen, being heard um, and having a space um, for us, um, by us. And, you know, that's like a Solange quote, you know. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that, that... that's always been a very important thing for me. And I thought, why not start the first issue with the theme of visibility?
1: I think, like, the really nice thing about zines as well is it's not like you're trying to have a place in a magazine. You're making your own space and you can kind of define the rules, even though you're learning within that. You're not operating within an or, like, pre-arranged kind of... Yeah,
10: definitely. And that's, like, why I opted to do a zine rather than, like, a full-on magazine. I mean organizing a magazine in itself is so much like harder but it's just it feels more raw and it feels more authentic when it comes from a zine because yeah it's 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 a kind of underground work like it's it it i I don't
4: know i i'm really drawn to zine so yeah um i love the name of it to the front as well um and we were all wondering whether that's like a reference to kind of riot girl kathleen hannah strategies of like women to the front at her shows well Actually, it comes from
10: the Unapologetically Brown girl series. Um, So, yeah, um, that's from Instagram. Um, We've been posting a lot on our own project, Sangre Migrante, um, with quotes from that. So, yeah, that's where the inspiration came from, just putting us to the front like we we deserve to be seen we deserve for once to be at the front um
4: so yeah that's where to the front came from yeah super cool i think that strategy um was something that we talked to miss blanks about a while Mm. ago where she was kind of talking about how um she was also like referencing that but also kind of reclaiming it in a way that um talked about women of color to the front and trans women to the front and how important that was at her shows and she kind of talked about it in a way of like okay this is not Meaning to stifle anyone else, it's just recognizing that yeah, that visibility is something that is really important and that needs yeah. to be prioritized yeah, in and that like a, space
1: a positive uh kind of continuation of that movement as well, and like particularly the riot girl and zine making was a very white space at the beginning, and yeah. it seems like it's not like now that's over it's just becoming more nuanced and it's really exciting
10: it is and it's really lovely to be a part of it um and like i said i've mentioned so many times um because i had no experience it was daunting and now i'm just like yeah like i'm doing it i don't care like i'm i'm creating a space for us because we need it um and zine making was very whitewashed before and now it's like we're reclaiming that like you said so it's it's been great
1: and the submissions must be so exciting as well. Oh, like what totally. you're getting. In. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're...
10: Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of the submissions, I've actually been on Instagram um, and I've approached people. So I've approached, like, amazing artists. Um, and I really can't wait to share um, what they've submitted. I've got some great artworks. Um, I've got some poems. Um, I did an interview with a photographer um, from Sydney. Um, so, yeah, I've just got, like, all these things. I don't want to reveal too much because I think... It's just going to be really special when it's all put together. Um, but, yeah, it's been great, yeah. And are you still asking for submissions? Yes, I am. So if anybody is interested, please um, check out our website. Um, so it's to the front with a two, not a T-W-O, yeah.
1: Uh, well, one gentleman who is definitely championing the, the work of women of colour is... Our boyfriend Drake. Yes. Just, I feel like everyone was expecting him to do like a diss track to Cardi B or something. was like, "Yeah, it's gonna be like," and it was just like, "Women are amazing." So, uh, maybe you can tell us a bit. Have you been playing this song?
3: I've been playing it literally. Um, oh, well, this is Carolina, but <laughs> I've been playing it literally non-stop. But you know, there's a rumor. There's a rumor that um, he because he dropped it like the day after Cardi B's album drop, and there's a rumor that he did it intentionally to play with her numbers and I really yeah to play with her numbers because he's obviously going to hit number one and he did and it's like the most streamed song on like Spotify like ever in the history of ever
1: I don't want to undercut Cardi B but I really did I know (laughs) so they said like it was
3: although that it is empowering for women there's an underlying um toxic masculinity
1: there there is even in the lyrics there's like he's like all right you're showing off but that's okay i'm like oh that's nice we got drake's like permission to show off thanks drake but, but also it's a banger so maybe
11: but then in play. a way i'm like yay drake said
1: i could <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I, do it. I don't have
3: to be nice to anyone
1: <laughs> and i think that it's a really important message to send out to all the people out there you don't have to be nice to anyone so um this is nice for what by drake
12: you wanna know who motherfuckin' representing it here tonight? Hold on,
5: hold on. I you back in How can, How can I, I explain myself? myself? Yeah. Yeah. You said you
12: came for me yeah. 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 there Louisiana shit Murder on the beat yeah. Somethin' for y'all to cut up to, you know? Yeah Everybody get your motherfucking roll on I know shorty and she doesn't want no slow song Had a man last year, life goes on Haven't let the thing loose, girl, it's so long You been inside, know you like to lay low I been people what you bringin' to the table Working hard, girl, everything pay for First, last phone, bill, car, no cable With your phone out, gotta hit them angles With your phone out, snapping like you Fabo And you showin' no, but it's alright And you showin' no but it's alright, it's a short life, yo That's a real one in your reflection Without a follow, without a follow yeah, and you really piping up on these niggas. You gotta be nice for what to these niggas? I understand. You got a hundred bands, you got a baby bands, you got some bad friends. High school pics, you was even bad then. You ain't stressing off no lover in the past tense, you already had them. Work at 8 a.m., finish round five. Post talk down, you don't see them outside. Yeah, they don't really be the same offline. You know, dog days, you know, hard times, doing overtime. For the last month, Saturday call the girls, get them gassed up. Gotta hit the club, gotta make that ass jump. Gotta hit the club like you hit the motherfucking angles. With your phone out snapping like you Fabo, and you showing off, but it's alright. And you showing off, but it's alright. It's a short life. Uh huh. Oh, yeah.
5: Jesus.
3: Watch the breakdown.
12: The mangoes, it's a short life.
5: You said you died for me, get to me, get to me. Why won't you live for me?
1: That was another retroactive language one in there <laughs> from Drake. <laughs> we just got a really nice text from Alice about zines. She said, I think about, can everyone just calm the heck down about this Ibis? Notes on ecology and colonialism by comedian Dominica Duckworth. Very often. A great example of artful, intentional analogy, causing a very strong emotional association. I feel incredibly defensive of Ibis now. Also, Duckworth is a genius. This zine and others are on her band camp. Cool.
4: Super cool. We'll definitely pop a link up to that. Uh, on our agenda show page. Um, Carolina, you and Amy also run a platform called Sangre Migrante Together, which is a project dedicated to sharing the various faces and stories of the Latinx community um, within Australia. We are discussing this earlier today, but we just wanted to ask you what Latinx means.
3: Uh, So Latinx is a gender-neutral term to um, being Latin. So usually in, like, Spanish, you would say, if you're a guy, I'm Latino or Latina. But yeah, it's just like a more gender neutral term. Um, And being Latin is basically being South American, Central America, anyone from South America, Central America, Mexico. um,
10: Yeah, just like Latin America, Latin American. Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But it doesn't so much, it doesn't include Spain.
10: No, that's like the big would, misconception would, yeah. <laughs> that would be hispanic um if you were to associate with being from spain
6: yeah i kind of a long time ago was under the impression that it came from what our language is derived from so like the latin roots mm. so this yeah. latin also include like italians and spanish people but no just so mm.
1: brazilian people and not No, No, they they are. are. They are. Yeah. Yeah. They speak Portuguese. Okay.
10: Yeah. Yeah. So basically, Latinx is just like a a gender neutral term, like Carolina said, but for people from Latin America.
1: Mm
10: -hmm. So, including Brazil, doesn't matter what language you speak, just Latin America as a whole. Yeah.
1: Um, can you talk a little bit about starting Sangre Migrante and the meaning behind the name? Because it's like the most punk name I've ever heard. Oh, thank live. you.
10: <laughs> so um, this kind of came about one night. I was like watching something on like um, BuzzFeed's or Like. So like it's like they always post like really funny relatable videos for like Latinx people. Um, and I was thinking, I was like, oh my gosh, we don't have anything like that in Australia for people that are Latinx. Um, so... I kind of was like, I would love to be able to create something like that. So I, like, created an Instagram again, <laughs> as I do. Created an Instagram, <laughs> thought, like, well, thought of a name. and I, I feel was, like
1: that's Katie's thing. She's like, hey, something. She's like I'm going to make an Instagram out of this. <laughs> yeah.
10: This is my hobby. I just make Instagram <laughs> accounts. No. Um, I thought of the name and I chose um, Sangre Migrante. Um, I chose the word migrante. So Sangre means blood, which... I chose because everybody has blood pumping through their veins it's very relatable um, and then I chose migrant there because a migrant is a person that is moving but not necessarily staying in a place um, but an immigrant is somebody that is moving from one place to another and permanently residing there and I feel for like a lot of Latin Americans we are constantly moving some of us are constantly moving sometimes we go from one place to another and then we, we end up somewhere else um, and that's not the, the case for everyone but also the term um, migrant includes refugees which um, is also a, a massive um, reason why a lot of people from Latin America are in Australia. Mm.
4: What of the some of the things that you've found about the Latinx um, people and cultures that are represented in Australian media have you noticed that there's been much of a change?
3: I, I still feel like there's not a lot of representation um, for us and that was one of the reasons why um like, we started it as well because growing up, you don't really see anyone that looks like us on TV, especially in Australia. Mm-hmm. We make up, like, less than 1% of the Australian population and our identity is, like, really misconstrued. Like, you know, there's so many times where you might introduce yourself to someone and ask, they ask you, like, what's your background or where are you from? And as soon as you say, like, I, I was born in Peru you know it's always like oh how much is a bag of coke or you know like what's the weed like over there and like those chats are like fun or whatever but it's also like there's so much more to my culture than that And also, like, it's a culture that I feel is very sexualized as well for women. You know, it's, like, about living up to this expectation that you look like J-Lo, that you're, like, you've got the fattest ass in the world and you're (laughs) super curvy and whatever. And that might be the case for some people. But at the end of the day, it's also a lot of pressure, like, that you have to, like, live up to this expectation of being super sexual i don't know it's really weird and i remember we were interviewing one person um anna one time and she was like oh i was in a workplace and i told them that i was colombian and the guy turned around and said to me oh i heard colombians are really good in bed like and just like and i can totally relate to like remarks like that as well so yeah i feel like there's not a lot of representation but a part of the reason why we did it was so that we could share our stories in a pure form that they're not often displayed in.
4: What have been some of your favourite stories that you've uh, shared? Um,
3: Obviously, besides Nadia.
4: <laughs> um,
3: probably my favourite story was... Maya Jupiter, who Mm. used to do the um, Triple J Hip Hop show, and she was on Channel V as a presenter. And I just remember watching her when I grew up, and I was like, oh, my God, she's, like, literally the only South American on TV. Um, And she was so approachable, and she was so happy to do the interview, and it was good to get her perspective because she's obviously... Migrated from Mexico to Australia and now she lives in America. And just having that um, perspective of migrating between the three and how different it is in America. I mean, I often feel like, you know, there's such a huge Latin community in America. I often feel like, oh, I missed out on that part of my life, you know, because there's no one here and there's not that community vibe so much unless you've got family here. Um, So it was really interesting. Uh, to hear her perspective on things and how active the Latin community are in like protesting and about their rights and stuff like that whereas here that's all kind of unheard of so that was probably my favourite for me for me yeah
10: yeah, I think my favourite would have to be when I interviewed my grandfather, um, so my mother's um, dad. Um, that was really special because, I mean, the inspiration for wanting to tell us these stories came from when my grandfather, my from my father's side, passed away eight years ago, um, and he came to Australia as a political refugee from Chile. Um, so I was kind of at an age where I wanted to know about what he had to face growing up in Chile and, you know, his political views. And I never got the chance to hear those stories. So now I just had to kind of puzzle them together, this whole story. So for me to interview my mum's dad, it was just like so special because I'm I'm hearing his story, which is a completely different story. Um, So I think that's my favourite story
4: that we've shared. I think there's something so special about interviewing people that you're um that you have a connection to but you kind of have that platform in a way to speak to them about something that is a little bit formalized as well you know like that's the thing I think when you're interviewing family members or friends it's like of course you know their stories kind of um I guess conversationally but there's something really lovely about having that um, structure to it where you can kind of sit down and ask all the questions that you wouldn't ask normally. I think that's, yeah. Oh, all the questions I ask were questions I would never have asked
10: before. I don't know.
1: Yeah, it gives you a bit of courage, doesn't it, to push things a little bit and you get so much out of it.
10: So much. Like, you just learn so much about this person that you have known your whole life Mm -hmm. and you're just like, whoa, like, you have so many layers to you that I never could grasp. And now I have an idea about where you came from and why you are the person you are. You know, sometimes you're like, oh, why are you like this? And then you realise actually he's like this because this is what he had to experience when he was growing up.
1: Can people submit to Sangre Migrante as well?
10: Well, yeah, we want to interview more Latinx people. So if you are a Latinx person or you know anybody that is a Latinx person that wants to be interviewed, just like send us an email because we want to interview more people.
1: All right, we'll put a link up on our show page as well. And you've requested our our exiting song by Kali Uches. Kali Uches, yeah. Can you tell us a bit about why?
3: Uh, So she's Colombian, and she I'm pretty sure she was born in Colombia, but she grew up in D.C. and then moved to Miami. And I really love her. She's super different, and she's super authentic, and she has, like, this really amazing aesthetic that I've never seen before. But what I really love about her is i grew up listening to like my dad's music and stuff so like you know salsa merengue cumbia all that kind of stuff but then you know as you get older you adapt to where you are and so you know like rap's like my number one thing (laughs) but um she really is able to transition between spanish and english throughout her songs seamlessly and you don't even notice it and then before you know it i'm singing like in spanish and stuff like that so yeah i just like appreciate her album and her music a lot more yeah so and I love this song because it's um called Nuestra Planeta which means our planet and it's a kind of like a love story and it's about a guy and a girl kind of just like wanting to take off and like leave everybody else behind and it's it's cute
1: sounds (laughs) like a good note to end on (laughs) you are listening to Agenda on FBI radio and this is Nuestra Planeta
6: I love this song
11: Cerca, se me daña la cabeza Me acerco, todo me tiembla Ahora tengo la certeza Que no se me han quitado las ganas Despecto contigo en las mañanas Pero voy buscando tu mirada Y tus ojos, baby, no me dicen nada Hola, me recuerdas era yo a la que tanto Otro
12: en otro planeta, que tus amigas no se metan, tal vez así lo podamos hacer.